the college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Alrighty, welcome back to the College Baseball Experience. It is 4.57 a.m. on Sunday, June 11th. I'm your host, Noah Beanick, a.k.a. 77. And, man, did we have a great Saturday of college baseball. Weather kind of shit on it early. Uh, hopefully my Wi-Fi is not shitting on me here early in this show. I'm connected to Ethernet, but this uh, stream is showing that I only have one bar um, and of course, uh, just me with technical difficulties of, of course, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great day of college baseball. Uh, we have two teams that have punched their ticket to the college world series in Omaha, Florida, my Gators, they did it. Uh, they took out South Carolina who had a preseason ticket on in the process, but Hey, it's been a while since Florida has been there. I'll be happy to see them. And I think they're one of the potential uh, title threats uh, that are still left. That's for sure. So I like Florida out there. And also TCU uh, pulled off the two-game sweep. They've clinched. They are heading to Omaha. We've got a ticket on them. Happy, happy, happy vibes here. Um, And also Virginia beat Duke yesterday in that game too. So they forced a game three in Charlottesville. Uh, good vibes. And then uh, the other game there uh, that will be going into a game three is uh, Oral Roberts and Oregon. Uh, the Golden Eagles found themselves down seven to four late in that game. They bring it all the way back. They're down by one going into the ninth inning and they load up the bases with the one out and they get a ground rule double to win the game. Just awesome series that is so far. Between two teams that, you know, uh, it's sad that they're kind of matched up because Oregon, they, they've had a great story of how they've uh, reinstated their baseball program and it would be their first time in Omaha since. Um, so it would be a cool story if they got to Omaha. Also a cool story if just we get another four seed in Omaha. Um, then uh, to the game ones from yesterday we're still waiting on tennessee and southern miss to complete their game one that'll resume at noon eastern southern miss is up for nothing on tennessee i'll talk about that at the end of the show just because there's no odds on the resume the game or the game two uh so i have some listed pitchers that i think uh could be thrown out there in these scenarios however uh we'll see how that goes um then the other game ones, we had uh, Wake Forest in Alabama. Alabama put up a really good fight against Wake Forest. They put up three runs on Rhett Louder, um, and the ball was flying there. So kudos to both pitching staffs for keeping that game at a total of eight with the win the way it was. Really impressive. Um 
the umpiring was terrible in that game, complete up ump show. Uh, and a lot of it, like I'm usually straight up with a lot of this stuff. I'm not, I don't have any fandom bias on any of these teams. A lot of it kind of went the Deeks way there. Um, then we had Stanford, Texas, and the trees started out hot. Um, they had the lead on Lucas Gordon. They were up 5-2, and in the ninth, ninth inning, they pissed it away. Um, and the Longhorns rallied against Stanford's bullpen. So tough situation that Stanford finds themselves in in the game two without a win, but using some of their top arms. We'll get into that. And then the last game of the night, uh, there was a seven-hour weather delay in this one for LSU and Kentucky, but uh, just not no contest, really. And Kentucky didn't even throw off. They threw Zach Lee, and they got ran. Uh, it was 14 to nothing as a final. And, yeah. So my card yesterday, I went 2-1 and one on the picks. We hit the over in Oral Roberts in Oregon. We hit – the T, uh, the LSU run line, and then we lost South Carolina plus one and a half. They lost by uh, what was it a score of four to one or four nothing? Uh, Hurston Walger was outstanding in that uh, Florida South Carolina game, and TCU uh, they beat Indiana State six to four. So shout out to the Frogs and the Gators Gators once again. Um, and for the player props yesterday, so the picks, the six games that went final, I went three and three on picks. Uh, overall, made money on the picks that I gave out. A couple of them were plus odds. Um, but the player props, uh, again, it was like my first time ever handicapping player props in college baseball. Um, still don't know if I'm like probably doing it the best way. Uh, I guess, because I, I did it all on trends yesterday. The uh, three-pick play that I gave out went one and two in its own right. You have to hit all three uh, to cash it or hit two of three on an insurance play to make some money. Um, Paul Skeens had nine strikeouts. I had him at nine and a half. Brock Wilkin had two walks and a run scored, but – I had him over two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. So he only had one there. And then Texas's Garrett Gillimet, I hit on the lower than two and a half total bases. But overall, with those underdog plays, I was three and eight. Um, my favorite, favorite in air quotes, if you're watching this on YouTube, favorite underdog plays. Um, but it is what it is. It was like the first time ever that we've had player props this season. We're going to have to get used to it because – I think they're going to be offering them during the College World Series. So it's going to be fun. I mean, that's another way to handicap a baseball game. That's for sure. Um, and I want to be good at it. That's for sure. <laughs> like, I want, to, I want to know the markets and how to handicap them properly. But as of right now, I'm just going off of trends, and that didn't seem to work. Um, before we get into today's games, let me tell you about uh, Edge Boost. This episode is supported by that company. They support SGPN very much right now. Uh, shout out to them. They are the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be extremely valuable. Uh, imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on your favorite bet 
or even use it to create an awesome middle or hedge. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. And do you know of any other way to access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Uh, Edge Boost can also be a part of responsibly ga- responsible gambling plans uh, as you can set up a daily, weekly, monthly limit uh, across all of your betting accounts in one place. So go to SGPN and grow. Uh, so support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 years or older to use it. Problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So I thought I'd be all right, but my nose is starting to run. Uh, I have really, really bad allergies. And uh, just kind of like the whole Canadian wildfire things with the air quality and stuff, like, uh, that I think is bothering me as of late uh, over the last week or so. Um, and hopefully you guys are able to hear me because this one bar thing is not pretty at all on my screen. So I'm hoping I'm not lagging at all. Uh, and I won't be able to know until after the show is done and the show is uploaded. So I, ho- I, I hope and pray that this is, this is all right in quality. Um, but game one, is at 12.05 p.m., so just afternoon. It's Duke and Virginia. The Blue Devils are plus 165 on the money line. Virginia minus 205. Total set at 12, minus 120, a little bit of juice on that over there. And Virginia minus 1.5 is minus 125. Duke plus 1.5 is minus 105. Now, I had to project a Duke pitcher, but Virginia did list a pitcher here for us. For Duke, I project that Andrew Healy. Yes, that's a name that you have heard of. He started game one. This is just what Duke does. Uh, They're the Tampa Bay Rays of college baseball. I think they'll run him out again here. And he is their best guy or who has performed the best against Virginia this year. Uh, Healy is 5-1 with a 232 ERA, 45 strikeouts, 7 walks in 42.2 innings with a 244 batting average against and a 217 ERA in his last three appearances, only giving up one run against Virginia in six innings pitched in two appearances against the Hoos this season. For Virginia, Brian Edgington will get the ball. He's 8-3 with a 364 ERA, 81 strikeouts, 20 walks in 76.2 innings. He has a 3.18 ERA in his last four appearances. Uh, I apologize for sniffling, but I'm going to have to at some point, uh, at some times during the show. Uh, it's just the way I am. Uh, Duke versus Virginia here. I've already cashed my future in this series. I took the over two and a half games just because I thought it was pretty 50-50. And Virginia has been really good at home all season long. But the one team that they struggled and lost a home series to, it was Duke. Um, so we got that split. We're going to game three. We cashed that. Um, but I'm not going to waver on this Virginia team. I, I think they're one of the top threats to win the college world series. Um, and with the blowout yesterday, the Cavs they were able to preserve some of their bullpen, whereas Duke, they still rolled out some of their commonly used arms early in game one there and Virginia jumped all over them. So like I mentioned earlier, Andrew Healy, Uh, he has had the best success against Virginia. Therefore, I think Duke should just ride him. Ride him as long as possible uh, until he starts to get in trouble consistently uh, or there's, you know, two runners in scoring position, bases loaded on him. Uh, 
and you have a better option that you think is available. But I think you should at least throw Healy four innings. He's just going to give you the best uh, best shot to win this game against Virginia. Um, however, my pick is going to be Virginia on the money line for this game. Uh, it's at minus one. Uh, it's at minus 205 now. Uh, when I was looking at it earlier, I think it was minus 185. But minus 205, I'm not looking to play that as a single. Uh, it would be as a, like a money line parlay piece. I don't think it's bad at all. It's not one of my favorites. Um, and if you'd rather stay away from that, maybe the minus one and a half on Virginia, minus 125 is good. But I think this one plays more like game one and not game two. I think it's more like a 5 4 ball game and not a 14 to 4 ball game uh so yeah that's that's what i got on duke virginia here uh the next game on the slate is at 6 p.m uh, again we'll touch on the tennessee and southern miss series at the end of the show uh just because there's no odds for me to talk about but i do have some uh information that i'd like to share uh but at six o'clock p.m we have oral roberts and oregon in game three the Ducks are minus 140 on the money line. Oral Roberts plus 110. This total is set at 13 and a half. The over at minus 120. The under minus 110. And Oral Roberts minus 140 on the plus one and a half. Oregon minus one and a half is plus 110. Um, starting here, I, I had to protect both pitchers for this game, and I had to do it for game two as well. Nailed it, but I mean, it's not easy <laughs> with these two teams. Uh, because Oral Roberts, they do have a solid top three in that rotation, but number two and number three have not pitched well lately. So it's like, do they switch them? Don't know. Uh, dance with the one that brought you type thing. I think that's going to – they did it in game two. I think that's what they're going to do in game three. It's uh, Brooks Fowler, who's 9-1 and one with a 3-11 ERA, 73 strikeouts, 27 walks in 72.1 innings. Uh, a 222 batting average against him, and in his last two appearances, he has a 525 ERA, and that's against South Dakota State in the Summit League Championship, and against uh, against Dallas Baptist in the Stillwater Regional Finals. So, in the two games that he's pitched, that meant the most. He hasn't really had the best appearances there. Um, and then for Oregon, Matthew Grabman is the one that I'm projecting here for the Ducks. Uh, he's got a 4.60 ERA with a one and three record, 37 strikeouts, 30 walks in 47 innings, with a 2.37 batting average against him. Uh, he has a 10.15 ERA in his last four appearances, and his last appearance was against Washington in the Pac-12 tournament, and it was not good. Uh, but Oregon in Game One through both through two of their top three starters right now that are healthy in uh, Grayson Grinzel and Logan Mercado. So I don't think they're going to run either one of them back here in game three after they both they both actually threw 62 pitches. And that reminds me, I wanted to run through the bullpen notes. Uh, this is one of the more important things that I prepare for this show. Uh, for the Virginia game, I, I want to do this. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll wait till after the Oregon Oral Roberts game. So Oregon, like I mentioned, Grayson Grinzel, 62 pitches. Logan Mercado, 62 pitches in that first game. I think they could throw in game three. I just don't think they'll start 
Dylan McShane threw 22 pitches in game one. Uh, Ian Umlot, 16. Matt Dallas threw 14. Josh Maluris threw 15. Uh, I think all four of those, all four of those guys, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll get more into that after I announce game or say what happened in game two. My nose is driving me crazy. It's running like nuts. Um, Jacob Hall for Oral Roberts, their ace through 77 pitches. If they really needed him, they could bring him back in game three. 77 is not terrible, um, especially for a do-or-die game. They're going to bring their ace out in like late leverage innings. Uh, I could definitely see that. Jacob Widener, one of their best relievers, tall, lanky lefty. He threw 33 in game one. Expect to see him in game two. Dalton Patton threw 21. Cade Denton threw six. But in game two, Cade Denton came in in the back half of the game, threw 63 pitches. They were losing at the time. But you don't want to go out and lose in the NCAA tournament and not have thrown your best arm in the bullpen. That's just not how you want to go out. So I think they did the right thing. They had to throw him, just keep it within reach. And you know what? They came back and they won this game. Sorry, I'm grabbing uh, a Kleenex box uh, because nose is starting to get really, really bad. Uh, ooh. So, yeah, that was uh, – I got a trash can over there. That was for game – Two for Kane Denton, but also Harley Golert, their second starter, threw 91 pitches. We're not going to see him in game three. Caleb Isaacs threw 13. We could see him. Uh, for Oregon, Turner Spoljarek, their starter, threw 45 pitches. Wasn't the greatest start. I don't think we'll see him in game three. Ian Umlaut threw 19 again. So now his total is at 35 for the weekend. I still think that's good enough. I think we'll see him. Austin Anderson, 26. That was his first time pitching in the weekend. So we'll, we could see him in game three. Matt Dallas, 24. So now that's 38 pitches for him. Him. Again, I don't think that's too much, so he's available for game three. And Josh Malaris through 20, he's at 35 for the weekend. Once more, I think he's all right. I think he could uh, appear in this one. Uh, where do I, where should I put this? I'll put it over here. Um, I'm a wreck. So off the bat, on paper, I, I ran through who I thought would start, but that was like two minutes ago after I fell apart. Uh, Oral Roberts, Brooks Fowler, 9-1 and one with a 311 ERA, 525 ERA in his last two appearances, basically. And Matthew Grabman for Oregon, 1-3 uh, and three with a 460 ERA on the year and a 10-15 ERA in his last four appearances. On paper, the Golden Eagles have the better starting pitcher here, but I still have trouble trusting him and some of these other bullpen arms against high major competition that is hitting really well lately. Uh, Oregon, they're averaging eight runs a game in the NCAA tournament, uh, and Oral Roberts has already seen some of the best Ducks pitching that they can offer. So if Jay Stofall doesn't throw, that's uh, one thing. Like We didn't hear anything too confirming. I, I don't know if that's the word that I'm looking for, but still no status on Jace Stoffel for this series. Um, Isaac Aon is done for the season. Uh, he's not rostered, and he was actually in the crowd without a shirt in game one watching the game. Uh, so ORU is averaging 8.6 runs in a game in the NCAA tournament. The Eagles will probably 
be without their best reliever in Cade Denton. So once again, my one of my favorite plays of today is the over 13 and a half in this game at minus 120. Uh, I think that's where you have to go uh, is the total on this one. So before we jump into the games that are left on today's slate, let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy because Best Ball Mania 4 is here and Underdog is giving away $15 million in prizes plus plenty of ways to win in NBA, NHL, and MLB and NCAA baseball, college baseball, college world series with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Uh, no odds are out front on my underdog, and I'm not going to wait on underdog just because they haven't done it all season long, and I can't trust them to put it out here for a weekend's action. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to wait on underdog there. They have to show me some consistency before I do that. Um, and who knows when they'll actually post them. Um, but game three here that we have odds on three out of four. Uh, this one starts at six Oh six PM Eastern, uh, LSU. They're the acting road team in game two here. The Tigers are minus 230 on the money line. Kentucky plus 185. Total set at 13. This one's gone up a little bit since I first looked at it. I think it was set at 12 and a half. Um, and the minus two and a half on LSU is minus 130. The plus two and a half on Kentucky's plus 100. Um, my pitchers that I have projected here, I, I'm projecting these. They are not listed. LSU, Ty Floyd, uh, that's just how it's been for all season long. Floyd is 7-0 with a 434 ERA, 88 strikeouts, 31 walks, and 74.1 innings with a three-flat ERA in his last four appearances. And for Kentucky, Austin Strickland, he's 4-1 with a 444 ERA, 57 strikeouts, 16 walks, and 52.2 innings, a 417 ERA in his last four appearances. So... In this one, the thing is, I know that LSU just kicked Kentucky's ass yesterday, but and the Cats did start their best starting pitcher in Zach Lee. However, in the series earlier this season, game one was a no contest as well. LSU ran them out of the building, um, but the Cats won game two, and game three was extremely tight. Strickland was great in the Lexington Regional, and same with their top reliever in Mason Moore, who did not get used here. I'll mention uh, the pitching situations here for both teams. LSU, uh, obviously, Paul Skeens went deep. He had 101, uh, 101 pitches. Blake Money came in and finished it off with 11 pitches. Then from Kentucky, Zach Lee threw 90, and then they came out with a couple of guys that they haven't really relied on most mostly this season, and Christian Howe, 50 pitches, and Seth Logue at 34 pitches. So, uh, yeah, back to this. I think Kentucky punted that second half of the game, like I just mentioned, and they, they actually tweeted out the game time for game two in the middle of game one when they were losing like seven, nothing. It was like a, all right, guys, let's get ready for game two type thing from the social media, that kind of effort. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but now I think it's go time for them. And uh, minus 230 on LSU is a Paul Skeens line. And Skeens isn't starting this game. 
uh, for LSU. Typhoid has been good lately, but a minus 230 is not what I'm looking for here on LSU. I think Kentucky has to be the side that you look for in this game, whether it's the plus 185 money line. I don't know if they'll – I don't know if I'm ballsy enough to put money on their money line on them to win the game. However, I like Kentucky at plus 2.5 at even money in this one. Plus 100, give me the Cats at plus 2.5. I think it, they keep it somewhat close and they uh, they could win it. They could steal a game on the road here, force game three. I don't know if they do that, but – I think they keep it within two. Uh, you give me that plus two and a half at even money, I'll take that and run and hopefully cash. <laughs> the last game of the day that we have odds on is Stanford and Texas. The Cardinal is minus 120 on the money line. The Longhorns minus 110. Total set at 11. Stanford minus one and a half plus 125. Texas plus one and a half minus 155. Texas is the acting home team in this one. Starting, we have Listed pitchers for both teams here, starting for Stanford, is Quinn Matthews, their ace. He's 9-4. and four. He's the Pac-12 Pitcher of the Year. He's got a 364 ERA, 136 strikeouts, 38 walks in 111 innings, uh, 234 opponents batting average against him. But he has a 650 ERA in his last five appearances. And for Texas, LeBaron Johnson Jr., He's 8-3 with a 2.62 ERA, 94 strikeouts, 34 walks, and 82.1 innings, a 2.22 batting average against him, and a 2.51 ERA in his last five appearances. So I want to touch on pitching situation for this one because it's critical. Uh, throwing for Stanford in that first game was Joey Dixon, 61 pitches, Drew Dowd, 53. They could bring him back for game two, but that's not full rest, and I'd be – Nervous to see or figure out how he's going to do here. Uh, that's Drew Dowd. Um, and Ryan Bruno, their closer, through 26 pitches. And Matt Scott, the guy that they brought in in an attempt to uh, try to limit the damage in the ninth inning, he threw 24, and he's their third starter. Uh, so they exhausted a lot of their top pitching options, and Texas still won that game. Uh, the Longhorns, they threw Lucas Gordon for 110 pitches, Charlie Hurley for 23, Ace Whitehead for 15, and Zane Morehouse for 16. Those last three, they're all still good to go here in game two. They have just more options in general that I think didn't get uh, beat up by Stanford. <laughs> they put up a lot of runs earlier on Gordon, uh, and the bullpen actually did quite well for Texas yesterday. Uh, However, that hasn't been the case for the full season, but I feel a little bit better about Texas bullpen than Stanford's right now, that's for sure. Uh, on paper, this game should be a pitcher's duel between the two starting pitchers, but if you want to buy into Quinn Matthews' recent numbers, maybe it's not. And he's one less day of normal rest after he threw like 160 pitches last weekend. Also add in the fact that game one's context, you know, Stanford, had they had the lead for most of it. Um and they threw some of their better bullpen options. Texas put up five runs in the last inning against Ryan Bruno, Stanford's closer. So is he going to come in and have confidence to shut a game down if they have a lead or just are trying to protect protect a close game here? I'm having a hard time committing to this Texas Moneyline play that I want to give out, but I, the the stat that Stanford is 8-0 in Super Regional Series that they've hosted in Palo Alto is a little bit nerving, 
So Texas money line minus 110 is the pick. I think it's the right play here. However, I'm not going to bet it. Um, I mentioned that I wanted to men, uh, wanted to bring up the Virginia and Duke pitching situation. It's going into game three. Um, and Duke, you know, their whole staff, Johnny whole staff, <laughs> um, they'll be just fine. Uh, so throwing in that game one was Andrew Healy for 39 pitches. He'll be good to start game three. Uh, Owen Proche, 33. He did not throw in game two, so he'll be good in game three. Charlie Belineson, he did get a little bit beat up by Virginia. He only threw 10 pitches in that first game, didn't throw in game two, so he'll be good for game three. Fran Oshel, 34 pitches, didn't throw in game two, but he'll be good for game three. And their closer, James Talon, threw 21 pitches. He wasn't used in game two. He'll be used in game three. Duke threw... Alex Gow for 61 pitches in game two, so don't expect to see him in game three. Aaron Beasley threw eight. Adam Boucher threw 19. Uh, Edward Hart threw 25. Gabriel Nard threw 11. And Jason White threw 26. Just most of those guys either didn't have good outings or they're not one of their top reliable arms in this pen for Duke. I wouldn't cross off any of them other than Gao. However, I wouldn't bank on seeing any of those arms. And for Virginia, I think you can cross off Nick Parker. He threw 102 pitches in game one. Uh, uh, and Connolly Early, who started game two, threw 107. But Jake Berry threw 36 in game one. He should be fine for game two. Jay Wolfolk, the also quarterback for the football team through 10 he'll be fine evan blanco through one pitch he'll be good uh and jack o'connor the fourth starter for this team through 33 pitches in relief in game two if they really really needed him he could throw in game three uh so that's the situation there um and now let's talk about tennessee and southern miss uh, this one is, I think it's the fifth inning. The score is 4 nothing. Southern Miss, and Tennessee has a runner on first base. Um, so who is going to start the resumption of game one? Who's going to start game two? I have my best guesses. Game two is actually confirmed by the two teams, or at least it was prior to this first game when it was rained out. Uh, I don't expect either one of them to change their mind, but uh, so far that pitched in game one were Andrew Lindsay for 78 pitches, Camden Sewell for 17 for Tennessee. And then Southern Miss, they ran out Billy Oldham after the first delay for the next inning to finish it off. He has 58 pitches uh, on his arm through game one. He's not going to throw in on Sunday. However, in a game three, he could reappear here. So, what would these teams do? So Tennessee, when they were down by a, a good margin against Clemson, they threw Chase Burns uh, to try to keep the game close. Uh, this game is going to act as a like brand new ball game, even though it's a four nothing league for Southern Miss. You're going to want to throw a guy that can probably go a little bit more, a little bit longer distance for you through a game. And I think that Chase Burns would fill that role for Tony Vitello in Tennessee. So Chase Burns being four and three on the year, 491 ERA, 100 strike, 100 strikeouts, 
21 walks in 62.1 innings, a 243 batting average against him, and he has a 387 ERA in his last three appearances. I think he steps in from the bullpen, and he does just fine. Um, and Southern Miss, they have the 4 nothing lead. I think they're going to play for the win. I don't think they're going to want to give this game up having a 4 nothing lead. So I think they'll go with their third starter in Nico Maza to come in and basically start game one over. Uh, I, I believe it's the fifth inning, so he'll have to finish the inning that is still going on, run around first base. Um, and then I, I think he's a guy that actually could finish this game if he pitches good enough. Billy Oldham looked great uh, through the first four and a third whatever innings that he threw. Uh, so I, I think Nico Maza could step in and do just fine as well, so that's why I project him to resume game one. He's 5-1 and one on the year with a 413 ERA, 84 strikeouts, 42 walks, and 69.2 innings. Uh, in his last five appearances, though, he does have a 692 ERA. So I, I just say that these are probably guys that will come out of the pen and start uh, or restart game one. So if there's any odds posted for the live betting, uh, these would be interesting uh, names to back here. Um, then for game two, you're going to have very little time to bet it because I believe it was, I read it 55 minutes after the game ends, game two will begin. I don't even know if books are going to post it for you guys, um, but it's going to be maybe the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. Like this one's up there with Stanford, Texas game two between like LeBaron Johnson Jr. and Quinn Matthews. I'm trying to think of the other really, really good pitching matchups. But I think this is I think this is the one that takes the cake. It's Tanner Hall and Chase Dolander. Um, for Southern Miss Hall, he's twelve and three on the year, a two oh eighty array. And then 119 strikeouts, 32 walks, and 108 innings with a 202 batting average against him and a 108 ERA in his last seven appearances. And for Tennessee, it's Chase Dolander. He's 6-6 six and six with a 450 ERA this season, 111 strikeouts, 27 walks in 78 innings with a 242 batting average against him. And he has a 555 ERA in his last three appearances. I said it like in the midweek. This is a game that I'm targeting Southern Miss to win. I think if you're Tennessee, you have to win that first game because you cannot go down 0-1 to Southern Miss when they have Tanner Hall on the mound. I think that he's a really good like top five pitcher in the country in Tanner Hall. Uh, so facing him in an elimination game, I just I, I don't know if that's the best scenario for you. So I would personally, if it's plus money with Tanner Hall on the mound, I would be taking Southern Miss uh, at home against the team that has been really, really bad this season on the road. Um, so that'll do it for the show today. Before we end it and before I recap my locks, uh, I always like to read uh, reviews that we get for the show because reviews are amazing for us. Uh, I Really, really would appreciate it if you did leave a review. And I wanted to run through a couple of these reviews because some of them were really nice, and I appreciate the kind words. Um, I have to go find them, though. So, 
Sorry, I'm scrolling through. Okay, so this one comes in from Tim ZES54. He goes, fresh voice. Outside of Colby, the most gambling hosts have the same persona, voice, etc. Noah has a fresh and unique voice. He's an intellectual that uses his brain to make us money. The best in the business at handicapping college baseball, five stars. So thank you, Tim. Um, I'm, again, falling apart with my allergies. Uh, T, geez. TJG uh, says that Noah grinds. Five stars been watching the regionals pretty closely. The Maryland-Wake Forest game ended at 2.30 a.m. last night, and the pod was out before 7 a.m. this morning. Noah grinds out these pods and gives awesome analysis on every game. Doesn't hurt that his picks hit consistently as well. Thank you, TJG. Uh, again, we've got a – in our company – uh, feed we have this going through so everybody can see it and it really uh, the bosses really like to hear some of this stuff and I, I thank you guys and I wanted to read them out on the show uh, for sure so uh, this one is from oh uh, my buddy Muna from the MLB gambling podcast definition of grinding you can, you can hear the passion and Noah when he's giving his picks and discussing each team the fact that he's waiting for lines to drop early in the morning to be the first one on the market with episodes is the definition of grinding. The other hosts are great as well. Keep it, keep killing it guys. And then uh, ag swim says great show. Five stars. Noah is the best in the industry grinds all college sports harder than anyone I've ever seen. And it shows in his analysis and the show uh, this one to the top five stars. He goes fantastic. What do these guys not do? Everything they touch is entertaining and chock full of knowledge and top-notch betting advice. Plus, it's hard to find college baseball content. Look no further. Now let's go Duke baseball. Uh, this one's five stars, and it's from the boss, Sean Green. He goes, the B stands for bringing it in baseball. Noah B, five stars, really knows the sport, and the show is an easy listen. Um, and I think that's... All of them, all the new ones that came in, I think. Yep. So hey, I, I really appreciate all the reviews that we've been getting lately. Uh, it really helps the show grow because, uh, like, Apple really likes that and they use that in their algorithm. Uh, Richard Sims, Richard Sims, shout out to you watching live in the YouTube, uh, 5.34 a.m. Uh, dude, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy it, even though I'm I'm working uh, early, early hours, and uh, it's just not normal to do on a weekend for a 21-year-old, but I just, I enjoy doing this, and I, I wouldn't rather do anything else uh, for work, so I feel, I feel blessed to be able to call this work. Uh, the two locks that I have for today, uh, the one that I feel best about is the over 13.5 in Oral Roberts in Oregon. That one's at minus 120. And then I like Kentucky at plus two and a half, plus 100 uh, for that one. It's, it's a little nasty. <laughs> if you can take the smell, uh, I, I like the plus 100, the even money on a, on a spread with Kentucky when, you know, they played LSU really good in game two and game three earlier on this season at Alex Box Stadium. I think they can do it again uh, with some pitching that performed really well in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Thank you all for joining me. Um, 
if there's if there's two or three games tomorrow, I'll do a show. If there's just one, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Uh, I'm hoping it's not just one. I'm hoping it's not two because then that's going to put me right in the middle of what I want to do. Uh, we'll figure out what I want to do, and I'll let you know on Twitter, like either through the TCE account or through my account. You can follow me on Twitter at 77NB, the word 70, the number 7NB. You can follow the show on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Um like, like, leave a rating, review, subscribe, uh, leave a comment on YouTube. I will put my projected listing, uh, projected or listed pitchers list in the YouTube comments. I'll put it in the show notes on our website as well. Uh, also with a sneaky link to my uh, Google Doc that's color-coded uh, with a bunch of things that you guys could use if you prefer color coding or whatever. Um, so that's going to do it for me. Thank you guys for joining me. Um, check out everything else that SGPN does. Everybody does a great job. It's not just me hammering out a niche sport. Everybody has their own sport that they are doing great, great work on. Uh, and I couldn't recommend them enough. So, uh, shout out to the whole company. Uh, and I'll, I'll be, I'll do better at closing out these shows and, uh, throwing shout outs to whoever needs them. But, uh, uh, Sunday NASCAR races, I think, right? <laughs> NASCAR gambling podcast. There's one for you. Uh, and also golf gambling podcast. Sundays, uh, I think the Canadian Open is going on right now. So check out them. They might post a play for the fourth round or something. So uh, love you all. Thanks for experiencing the college baseball experience. Uh, you've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. Adios, amigos.